preach you in Jesus' name this morning. I hope that there's not been a dearth of truth, just a dearth of uh, visiting ministers. So I was thinking to myself, it's tough following up a sermon like last Sunday that took the cake. I mean, you know, that same sermon took the cake, and so what am I supposed to say now? <clears throat> but uh, anyhow... The title of the message this morning is Realistically Considering My Past, Present, and Future. We live today. All right? Today's today. Yesterday was yesterday. Uh, you can't live yesterday again. Whatever happened yesterday, happened yesterday. There's times where we could look, we would love to live yesterday over. If you had a very enjoyable day or whatever. And then there's times where living yesterday over is the last thing we want to do. And... You know, looking at yesterday can do different things for us. It it can remind us of our failures. It can benefit us by saying, you know, God was in my yesterday. And because I know that God was in my yesterday, I know he's going to be in my today. And I know he's going to be in my tomorrow. So we can look at that, and we can be encouraged by God's power being displayed in our yesterdays. But we can go into yesterday, and we can beat ourselves to death about what happened yesterday. And I think sometimes Satan would like to take our yesterdays and beat us up with them. Now, there's nobody here is perfect, and so we all must make mistakes, and we do stupid stuff, or thoughtless stuff, or whatever. Came home the other night, and my wife said that I didn't have a great a day because I thought of something that I didn't do, when we had guests the other week. So we had Gary's over, and she offered everybody coffee except Regina. And like us elderly people, it takes two weeks for us to figure that out. But anyhow, she thought about it two weeks later, and I don't know why. It's like, and, and she's saying, you know, it's like, uh, I said, so it's no big deal. It's like you didn't try it on purpose, you know. It's not like he was pecking on Regina. And uh, so I said, well, just text her and apologize. Well, Regina was very nice about it, said that she drinks too much coffee anyhow, and and so probably a little less would be okay. But we do that. I mean, you know, it's like 
I've had bad days because of something that I did that I wish I could go back and do it over. Psalmist says to God, remember not the sins of my youth. So we do things in our youth that we wish we never would have done. So what, what, what do we do with that? So if I live back there, I don't accept God's forgiveness for what happened there. I do myself a big disservice. I can mess up my today. I can mess up my tomorrow because I'm not willing to accept the fact that God is willing to take care of that. Right. Now, I don't know how Apostle Paul thought, you know, what, what he thought, but I, I think that he would, have, he, he would be kind of a person that would have high potential for beating himself to death. He was part of a killing cartel, all right? Like he's out for blood. Getting people killed for being Christians. And he wasn't ashamed of it. Now, he thought he was doing all right. He's doing the right thing. But he had a past that he had to deal with. I don't think Apostle Ball could have been effective who he was, what all he did for God, if he'd have sat around at night and saying, you know, man, if I could have just only go back and just live that all over again. If I know what I know now, and I, I could just go back, you know, and, and he'd just sit in his chair or whatever and, and, and just just let that keep going through his head and through his head and through his head. But see, Apostle Paul addressed that problem. He found forgiveness in Christ and he's willing to leave behind. He said... Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, if I'm going to get somewhere, I've got to leave something behind. And that's our mistakes, that's our oversights, our whatever. If we need to apologize, we need to apologize. But then we need to leave it behind. And we need to, you know, we can we can blind our eyes to all that God wants us to do and all what God wants us to accomplish just by being, uh, can I say, or kind of just a little bit atheistic. That God's there, but he's not big enough to do anything about it. 
Do I really believe God's big enough to take care of that? Do I really believe, like 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Do I believe that 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do I really believe that? Somehow I have to make a decision. If I've confessed it, then I'd make a decision. Is God doing his part? Is he willing to do his part? Has he done his part? Do I believe Romans 8.12? For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and to their sins and their iniquities would I remember no more. God's not in the business of carrying a file chest on his back and every time something goes wrong, he gets out this file chest and he takes out and he looks down till he gets to the M's and he looks down to the dentists and he gets pulls that file out and says, aha, I knew because he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. Now God's all knowing he don't need a file cabinet, all right? You understand what I'm saying? The file's empty. There is no file if I'm current with God. So I can take my past. I can take the things that I did wrong, the evil things, the bad things. I need to do my part. I need to confess them of what they are. But I need to leave them back there. If Satan can keep bringing them things up, he's got us stopped. He got us crippled. My one leg says I should move ahead and the other leg says, no, you got to go this way because of all the stuff in the past. So I can't live in the past. I need to look at the past. I need to address the past. Paul did. He said, all this stuff that I, the bad things, you know, God's taking care of them. And and all things that I thought was making me so great, I'm just like they're cow manure. All right, so he's, he's, he's looking back there and he's saying, this is what happened. All right, and this is how I view it. But he wasn't beating himself up about the past. And then you have the people that say, well, (laughs) the past, you know, I'm kind of dependent on the past. I mean, you know, it's like, I, I was in Georgia. And I can't think of his first name, Brother Eshelman. Be Larry Showalter's son-in-law. He's a pastor there, and we went out visiting. And a couple of these older gentlemen sitting around in the yard, and and we pulled in, went out there, and sat down and talking to them and whatever. And and it's like you know, 
what's your relationship with the Lord? You know, it's like, do you, <clears throat> are you addressing your, your spiritual needs in your life and are you, you know, ready to go? You ready to, to die? I mean, you whatever. And, and then are you ready for heaven? And, and this one guy says, well, I can tell you this. He says, God is not going to forget how much I did for my aging parents while they were alive. So what's he saying? He had aging parents that he took care of, poured a lot of effort into. Eventually they passed away. That's his ticket to glory. So he's banking on his past to secure his future. Oh, really? Can I do that? Or have I done that? Look back and says, you know, yeah, I'm not really where I should be today. I used to be a little better Christian than today, but, but you know, I did a lot of good things. So, because of good things I do, it's kind of like, you know, the old scales, you know, balance scales. I've got my bad stuff over here, all right? So then I put my good stuff over here. And if the scales are over half, okay, the good stuff heavier than the bad stuff, then I'm good for heaven. So i got to make sure I do more good stuff than I do bad stuff. Because if this side happens to go down, then I'm going to go to hell. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, sometimes I think, or it's like, like, well, if you don't quit drinking and smoking and running around and with women, you're going to go to hell. No, that's not why people go to hell. People go to hell because they reject the Lord's... The Lordship of Jesus Christ in their life. That's why they go to hell. Everything else is subsequent to that. Alright? It's not this balance scale. You've got to get rid of what's on the other side. And you'd be all out for God. So I can't look back. And say, because of all the good things I did back there, I'm going to make it now. Jesus said, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No man. I can't walk ahead and think I'm going to be standing up if I'm looking back. 
I'm not sure if I ever told this story here or not, but I think it's been a long time, so I'll justify myself. And if it's been not too long, you can just chalk it up as old age, all right? But I need some heat registers stripped. And so I took it to this guy's house, and he dipped furniture. And he said, I'll strip your heat registers for you. They were all built up, and we was had our first house and ten coats of paint on the heat registers, and they were some odd size. You couldn't replace them. So I dropped them off there, and then I would stop in on the way to work. I drove by his house. He's off on a little road. And he had a dog that liked to race my truck. Well, it was a little Chevy love truck with a teensy little engine in it. And he loved it because he could keep up. And I go through the gears. I mean, you know, and, and, and he's ahead of me. All right. He's ahead of me because, and this thing's loaded with tools, little four cylinder motor. And, and he, and he's looking back and he's looking back and he's looking back. And he loved my truck. And this guy, I don't know, he took forever to strip the heat registers and it, but this, and this dog one day was running full tilt. I mean, when you see pictures of dogs with the legs out, you know, and their bellies about this far off the road, off the grass, you know, that's, that's what he was doing. I mean, he was flat out running. I was catching up to him and he's looking back and he ran straight into a power pole. Jesus says, you're going to get hurt big time. If you try, to move ahead with Christ, looking back at your path. He said, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. People that are in the kingdom of God have to be looking forward. Whatever bad they've done, God's, the blood of Jesus Christ covers whatever good they've done for the glory of God, and you just gotta move ahead. Jesus made it very simple, and you know the story, I know the story. He said, remember Lot's wife. Three words. Don't forget Lot's wife. I was reading a book the other day, and the person in the book said that they had a bad ear, all right? And they were so obsessed with the bad ear that they forgot about that they had a good ear. We can be so obsessed with the past that we can miss today. And we can miss the potential that God wants to do for us tomorrow. So now I have my present. What am I going to do with my present? Now the best thing, and I alluded to it already, the best thing I can do for my present is to keep what I know to be true 
to be the goal in my life. If we willfully sin after we know the truth, the Bible says there's no more sacrifice for sin. Now, that's serious business. See, when I am focused on God today, my present, what is... So you get up in the morning, now I'll confess I don't do this, but like I should. Like go up, get up in the morning and you say, so God, what is going to happen good today? What's, what do you have for me? Are you excited about the potential for what God can do for you? But on even a greater measure, that's kind of selfish, okay? So it's like, what am I going to get today? You know, it's like, am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? It's so selfish, you know, whatever. God, you know, what kind of presence you going to hand to me? But also, what can I do for God today? How can I help remake his people? How can I impact our world for Christ? It's like, so what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to change the world. Oh, really? Well, good luck. That terminology, I think, is overblown. If you go to bed tonight... And you have done something for God. It doesn't have to be magnificently big. If you have accomplished something for God, by the grace of God, by the power of God, you have changed the world. The world is different and will be different tonight than it was this morning. And you don't have to be president of the United States to do that. You don't have to be the bishop of the church to do that. You don't have to be anything important a boss in Ohio had this little plaque on his desk he was a Baptist minister great opportunities to serve God seldom happen but small ones are with us every day you do the small ones and let God surprise you with a big one every once in a while. If you look for a huge one all the time, oh, I'm sorry. You know, they're not always there. But do what you can, where you can, the best that you can. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call him upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not in the... And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. James 1, 25. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
But if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So he's saying, do this today. I can't do it yesterday over. I can't do it tomorrow because tomorrow isn't here. If it's going to get done, it's going to be done today. If I'm distracted by my yesterday and if I'm distracted by my tomorrow, I'm not focused on what God can accomplish in my life and the lives of those around me for Jesus Christ. I can't do that. I have this verse posted in my office right smack in front of me. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's today. Romans 8, 28. For we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called called according to his purposes. That's today. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God today. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know thoughts I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall find me. Pardon me. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. You see, that happens today. God's thoughts doesn't say, well, Dennis, Dennis is getting up down there this morning. I wonder how I can beat him up. This, I'm how, how I can beat him up today. No. Thoughts of peace 
and not of evil. You want to know what God's thinking of you this morning? You got up. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. That's what he's thinking. And he's got your end in mind. Turn with me to Luke 12, 22. He said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for your body, what ye shall put on. So now we're talking about the future. What's Jesus say about our future? The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither, neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. And God feedeth them. Pardon me. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Which of you, having taken thought, can add his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So then God, if then God so clothe the grass which is today and tomorrow in the, in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek ye not what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. For... Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I could keep on reading there. Oh, how's it going to happen about COVID-19? I mean, there's, now they're talking about this variance. You know, you have COVID-19. Now you have some some side strain. And, and you know, and now Russia just got done saying that the first, uh, first human got the avian flu. That never got, you know, first human to face the earth. Now is the avian, avian flu going to, flu, 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 flu going to take over the world too? So, I mean, are we ever going to get back to normal so we can go somewhere and not wear these things all across our face all the time? And, you know, it's like we're stuck with this forever. And, you know, all it's, it's like, guys, just relax. Just relax. I'll take care of it. Don't try to live your future today. God's in the future. He's in the present. He's in the past. All equal. He said, I'll take care of that for you. Don't lay awake and worry and worry and worry and worry and worry about what's going to happen.
God says, I'm big enough to take care of that. Back to the expected end. God says, okay, you're here, but I've got your end. And it's like, um, what was it, Lester Burkholder. He said he likes... He reads his stories, and he always reads the last chapter first. All right? So he reads the last chapter first. I like this illustration. I've probably said it a couple times, but I like it. He said, I read the last chapter first, and then I can lay in bed, and I can read this story, and they can have the person strapped on the railroad track, and the train can be coming and blow on the horn. But he said, I can relax because I know that the guy's still alive in the last chapter. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no clue what's going to happen. But he said, I know, and when the last chapter is written, that he's still alive. And so God says, you know, you know, maybe feel like you're on the railroad track and, and you know, the, and the train's coming, the horn's blowing and everything else. But, but God says, I got your end all right. I, I got you. Taken care of. And it's not a wild idea what that end is. It's an expected end. Brothers and sisters, this morning we have an expected end. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with the flu. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. I don't know what's going to happen with my health. I don't know where, how this... All, you know, all this is going to work out. But I can tell you one thing. I have an expected end. And I'm thinking, in all the different translations, how does that, how do they say that? You know, it's kind of a little hard. Like, you have an expected end. I will give you a hope and I, I will give you a future and hope. Give you a future with hope. Give you a hope for years to come. Give you a future filled with hope. Give you a hope and a good future. Give you the future you hope for. Give you the end that you wait for. Give you in your latter end a hope. A future of success, not of suffering. Give you hope in your final outcome. Now, we can't live there because we aren't there, right? But we can look there and we can know what our expected end is. And we can bank on it because it will always be there. Nobody can take it away. And would to God that I would want that end sooner than I do. (laughs) I say it carefully. It's just, I think if we knew what the end was, why wouldn't we just kind of try to rush there? But, you know, I just, 
Psalm 37, 37 says, Mark that perfect man. Now, that's talking about today. And behold the upright. That's today. For the end of that man is peace. John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Okay, I can't get a grip of that. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amazing. I don't understand it. I I can't fathom it. I can't even begin to fathom it. But the day coming. And I can't even fathom how we can be like him. I know it's going to be way better than being like him here. What? is going to actually happen when my eyes are laid on Jesus Christ. That day comes. It implies there's something dramatic going to happen. There's going to be a likeness that we have not experienced before because we have so see him as he is. In Revelation 24, 21, 4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amazing. My friend Andrew Miller. From Ohio. 57 years old. Down syndrome. Tremendous character. Incredible faith. Like he didn't ask for aspirin if he had a headache. He said he's going to go pray to Jesus. And Jesus took care of his headaches. That's the kind of person he was. Tremendous faith. I had the privilege of baptizing him. I'm not sure if I'll remember all the people I baptized, but I'll never forget baptizing Andy, Andrew Miller. He was Andy Miller when I baptized him. But one day he came to his dad and he says, Jesus' disciple Andrew, not Andy. And from that day forward, he was Andrew, he was not Andy. Because he was Jesus' disciple. But he wanted to be baptized, and his dad came to me and said, so what do you do? I mean, this, this, this man has heaven. Uh, I, yeah, I guess I would 
believe in eternal security. In some situations, like this, this man had it secured. I mean, in his whatever. I say this is a tough, this is a tough question. However, if Andy wants baptized, we'll baptize Andy. Sunday morning, he was in instruction class. He couldn't grasp all that. He sat up there on the front bench and got to Andrew. Andrew, do you love Jesus? Yes. Andrew, do you want to serve Jesus the rest of your life? Yes. He didn't come up with a whole lot of things on his own. Toward the end of his life, he came to his dad and he said, love Jesus, go to heaven. No, he said, obey Jesus, go to heaven. His dad said to me, That's the gospel in five words. At his funeral, there's another boy in church. We call him special needs child. But he could read. Hardly able to read. And he made this verse absolutely come alive. He stammered, he stuttered. No tears, no death. Like my friend Andy, Andrew, he said. No crying, no pain. There's no preacher in the world could have read that verse more dynamically than that young man. All the former things are passed away. See, former things, that's today, that's yesterday. And we will be Permanently, can you call it eternal future? I don't know. Maybe there is no future in heaven. Well, yeah, I guess there isn't. The Bible, you know, there's no time. So how can it be a future? <laughs> Whatever. Folks, I am just challenged so much of myself. It's like, we've got to get these three things together. All right? I can't be so heavenly minded. I'm no earthly good. My dad would say there's people like that. I mean, you know, it's like, they just don't get any accomplished because, I mean, they're going to heaven. They're getting, you know, and, they, and all they want to talk about heaven. Come on. We've got to do today. So we've got, we can't, we've got to have this balance. We've got to, Address the past. We got to realistically address today. That does determine our future. We can't do what we want today 
and expect our future to be okay. But we do have a future. And it is one amazing future.